And now you precious young people of another state, of another place, I am talking to you from my home in Washington State. I am from Alaska, but this is where I live. And I am very proud and I'm very honored that you, young people, are willing to come and visit with me to see what I wear when I dance, to see what I do, and to see some of the things that I have, and to introduce you to my raven, because that's my tribe. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody. This is What Fuels You, and we are honored to have Jim Thomas, a Klingit headman or chief from Alaska, joining our fourth grade Mrs. Gilson's class in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. And I'd like to say greetings to everybody. Hi, thanks for having us. We're so honored and excited. First of all, I wanna tell you that my Clinket name is Katsati. Katsati means great chief. My other name is Shayigan. Shayigan. Now, if you look, I'll turn this down a little bit. If you look at me at a distance, you'll see that this is a mountain. This is the main keeper of the mountain. And then I'll bring this down just a little bit more. And you'll see these are the people of the mountain. Now where I live, Mount St. Elias by Yakutat, Alaska, is 18,008 feet high. It is the largest mountain in the world, they say highest, that rises directly from sea level and it's 18,000 feet high. So my name, Shayigan, Sha is mountain, Yi is beneath it, Gun is standing in guard. That's one interpretation. Another interpretation is the man who brings sunlight to the mountain. And when the sunlight is shining on the mountain. It is absolutely gorgeous. I hope someday some of you will come and see my little village in Yakutat. Uh, there are about 20,000 of us Clinket people left all over the world. And there are only 50, 40 to 50 people who can speak the language. And I happen to be one of them. So when my generation goes away, uh, there will be basically no one left who can really speak the language, which is too bad. 
So in our way, I was telling you that in European countries, there could only be one king. England has one king, Spain, Germany. They all have one king. So when they came to the United States, there were so many tribes that they met on the shore and they couldn't call all those people who were the head of the tribe kings. There could only be one, according to them. So they gave us the term chief. So the one who heads up the tribe, they said was the chief, but that's not the way we look at it. We say the person who leads the tribe is the head man. In my language, Pasha Dehani. Pasha is the forehead, the forehead that stands toward the enemy. That's what the chief is. It's not a glamour position. It's not somebody who leads parades. It is up to the chief to make sure that the tribe obeys all the rules of the tribe so that they can survive into the future. Because our enemy was not always another group of Indians coming down the river or down the mountainside. Often our enemy was nature. You, you know what nature is, right? You were just out in it. You saw snow. Well, snow avalanches comes falling down. Snow will flood rivers. And then rivers will flow fast. The breakers will come ashore. Or the food on the land will become scarce. It is up to the chief to make sure that everybody puts enough food away for the winter because come spring, if they don't do that, the whole tribe might die. That's the role of the chief. Very simply, it's also much more complicated than that. In the world of the Clinkets, and this is, it's this way among a lot of tribes, uh, in, in Clinket country, there are two tribes, basically. The, can you tell who this guy is? Can you say it? This is the raven. This is the raven. Now this happens to be my tribe. You can see him in my regalia. And uh, so when your mom is raven, all of the children are raven. And so what happens to the dad? Well, mom, the raven, has to marry across to the other tribe or the eagle. So dad is from the eagle tribe. But mom, the raven, is the one that controls the whole family and the whole, the whole clan. So even though it is only a man who can be chief, mom as Raven has more power because she has all the kids and their votes. Okay, that's what's known as 
Moyetes. Raven is the tribe, but he's the Moiety. Eagle is the opposite tribe, but also a Moiety. Okay. Hi, Mrs. Gilson's class, fourth grade class in Rossman Elementary in Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. Hi, kids. This is my adopted class um, to, uh, going along with me on the road trip to uh, share stories on the road. And today it is an extreme honor, truly an honor to have Mr. Jim Thomas, headman of the Klingit tribe from Alaska with us. This is such an honor, uh, truly an honor. And thank you for being here. And thank you, Mrs. Gilson's class for joining us. And um, we're gonna go into some questions now. The students have some questions for you. Does that sound good, Mr. Thomas? That sounds very good. All right, then who is the first student? We have Cyrus. And let's say it one more time. Shayigan. Okay. Go ahead, okay. That is good. How did you get to be the Shayigan? <laughs> well, uh, Shayigan, of course, is my name, which is the keeper of the mountain. But how did I get to be uh, the headman? Um, yeah. That comes first by blood. Now, I got to remember, we have two sides. We have raven and we have eagle. So the raven mother has to marry eagle. She cannot marry another raven person. So there's a chief of the raven uh, and the subclans. My subclan is, is uh, owl. And uh, then my, my father's tribe then is brown bear. Uh, and he has a huge, he was a big chief. He had a house called the Barehand House, and it was right on, on, on his house. He was such a big chief when they questioned whether he had the qualities of a chief or not, he built a huge community house, I mean big. Had a big potlatch in it. A potlatch is a gathering, a big tribal gathering. And uh, they give away gifts, unbelievable gifts. Well, you know what he did? He built that house, he held the potlatch, and then he tore it down. And he built another one right in the same place. Held another potlatch. Gave away horrendous gifts because he was wealthy. And then when the people went home, he tore it down. And you know how many times he did that? Seven seven times. Am I counting right? And uh, the people couldn't argue that he was truly the chief. Now, I cannot be the chief or the headman of my father's clan. That would be my children's role. Well, actually, my son would marry an eagle girl. So, and it is when the eagle girl bears a son, he's eligible to be chief. It's very complicated, but that's how we become chief by blood, by selection of other chiefs, but mostly because many people, although they're honored to be chief, 
don't want to be chief because if I had time to tell you the story, it would be immense. But thank you for the question. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, next up is Bailey. She has a question. Bailey. Bailey. Um, what do you feel like when other people destroy the tribes? Uh, okay, I didn't hear that too well. Let me turn up my uh, volume just a bit. Turn ours up too. Chris is up all the way. Okay, there we go. What do you feel like when other people destroy the tribes? Well, it feels nobody likes to have, you know, his or her family harmed. And when you talk about a tribe, you're talking about a whole collection of people and they're really made up of clans. So you've got a tribe that have little clans in them and guess what makes up a clan? Families, families. So when you hurt a tribe, you are hurting families. And that's why we say as Indian people, we say that we have to watch the tongue. The tongue is a very bad instrument that can be used for a lot of harm. Do you hurt when somebody says something nasty about you? Yes, I do. And, and uh, that's the way people kill each other. They, they say bad things and it hurts. And eventually people who hurt start to not be able to live a good life. They start going down. So that's the way it is to be Indian. Now, somebody said to me one time, you know how when Thanksgiving comes around, everybody says, well, the pilgrims had something to celebrate. They escaped the Europeans and they came here. And, uh, and of course, as Indians, we welcomed them. We ate with them Thanksgiving dinners. And they say to me, well, don't you hate Thanksgiving Day? And I say to the people, no, I am happy to know the people that I know. And I know some people from Europe, from Africa, from uh, the East Asia and so forth. And uh, I love them. I get along very well with them. So uh, <clears throat> at Thanksgiving, what I give thanks for is that I was born in the United States of America. To me, that is precious very precious. Did you know that in Alaska, we could have been Russians? The Russians took over Alaska. They, they had all of Alaska. They sold it to the United States. Down in Texas, in those areas, that belonged to the Spanish people, the Spaniards. And you go all across this country, the French owned some. You live in French country up there in Minnesota. And of course, the Skandahuvians are there too, I believe, aren't they? The Norwegians and the Swe Swedish and so forth. We have a lot of Norwegians in Alaska. We love them and we call them Skandahuvians. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
So it hurts us, yes. It does hurt us, but it's best not to respond by being nasty back, okay? Thank you for right, the question. Raylan. Raylan. Well, this is feeling to be the head man. Uh, maybe I have time to tell you this story very quickly. Um, my mother, when I was a little boy, much, much younger than you, my mother would set me down and she said, someday somebody's going to call on you to be the chief, to be the head man. And you have to be prepared for what will happen to you and what you must do to stay the head man. So in, in my world, uh, you have a mom, I have a mom, but her sister in my world is little mom. Mom is claw, little mom is claw, that makes her a little one, see? And we love our little moms, just like our real moms. And so her children, which would be a cousin, is a brother. So here's what my mom said to me. She said, as a chief, you must sit in front of the entire tribe in front of you, and you must watch your auntie your little mom sit in, kneel in front of you, begging for the life of her son, who is my brother. And she said, because he committed a bad thing against the tribe, they have no choice but to put him to death. He cannot live if he does something that will harm the tribe. And guess who has to make the announcement? The chief. So kneeling before me is my mom, my little mom, and her son is off to the side, and she's begging for him to stay alive. My mom said to me, you must look her in the eye, and you must not twitch the least bit. You must not quiver anywhere. Your voice must stay strong. There may be no tears. As you say to your little mom, your son will be put to death. Mistake. That is not glamorous to be a chief. And so, you know, I got done with that lesson. I ran back to my room and I said, I don't want to be chief. I don't want to be chief. And, um, Another time she brought me together and she said, okay, you are the chief now. Somebody in the tribe dies. It doesn't have to be an important person, it could be of any other tribe. But you must stand in front of the people, the tribe, and you must weep, you must cry. Now, isn't that something? When you're saying that your brother is going to be put to death, you cannot show a tear. But here, you have to stand before the tribe and shed tears and express how bad you feel uh, to the tribe. That makes you a true chief. 
I still ran back to my room and said, I don't want to be chief. <laughs> Thanks for the question. This is Eli. Hi, uh, Eli. Uh, do you have any regrets, like, like personal, like your family or like your tribe? He's asking if you have any regrets for yourself or your tribe. Um, you know, sometimes I used to think, I wish I wasn't born an Indian. But it turns out being an Indian is a lot of fun. So we, we laugh like mad. Even today, we, we tell stories, we tell jokes. And uh, in, in today's world, a lot of people can't tell jokes anymore because it might offend someone. And then all of a sudden you got, you know, people gossiping and so forth. Um, do I have any regrets for, for me? I don't think so. I, um, I came from a teeny little village, 250 people in Yakutat, Alaska. Beautiful country. Lots of food, lots of land uh, with food, and lots of the food in the sea. And um, I came out of that world, and I went into a big world where I felt good about me. You have to feel good about you if somebody's going to tap you on the shoulder and say, would you like to do this? And you know what happened to me? I was in Washington, D.C. I was the head of an Indian organization that represented 500 tribes. So I was well known in Indian country. And this is a long time ago when Indians weren't too recognized. But somebody tapped me on the shoulder and they said, would you like to work for the vice president of the United States? You know what? I didn't hesitate. I said, bring it on. You know? Here I am, Indian, and I'm an assistant to the Vice President of the United States. I traveled all over with them. They even made me a member of the Secret Service. I didn't carry a gun, but I read lots of people's dossiers. But I also <laughs> wrote a lot of the speeches. I not only wrote for the Vice President, who was Republican, that was Spiro Agnew, I wrote speeches for Ted Kennedy, who was Democrat. So it didn't matter in the old days which side you were on. If they needed you, they called on you. So I don't have any regrets for being an Indian, and I don't think anybody should be regretful of themselves, whether they come from whatever nation, and they should never regret their parents. Okay, thank you. Thank you. I think we should learn that lesson. It doesn't matter which side you are on. You all should be together. That's right. Our next question is from Layana. I can't even see what you all look like because you've got all that stuff on your face. Oh, it's sad. <laughs> You're all lovely. <laughs> there you go, Layana. What do you do for fun? What do I do what? for fun, fun. Well, what do I do for fun? Well, when I was younger, nowadays, of course, just waking up is fun. Um, 
we have grandpas and grandmas who say that, you know. But I, in my younger days, I used to fly airplanes. I mean, really get behind a, a wheel and, and fly planes uh, just for fun, just, just little single engines. And um, like when I said somebody tapped on a shoulder to, to be an aide to the vice president, somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, would you like to be a judge in the Miss America scholarship pageants? Now that was fun. And I did. I traveled all over judging pageants and I especially enjoyed it because I loved how women had the opportunity to become great young women because of that program. In those days, girls and women didn't have much opportunity. So that was fun. And uh, I'm a commercial fisherman from a long time ago. Oh, that is fun. When you see fish hitting your net, oh, there's nothing more fun than that. Thank you. Do you catch lots of salmon and halibut? Oh, we've got loads of salmon up in my, my hometown. Oh, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jocelyn. Hi, Jocelyn. Hello. Um, so my question is, which tribes have gotten their land back? Oh, which tribes have gotten? That is one of the other fun things I did in life. Uh, because I worked for the vice president, I became quite known in Indian country. So the Indians came to me. I had a little company called Jim Thomas Associates. And my office was in the National Press Club. By the way, I was the first Indian inducted into the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. <clears throat> From that base, the Yakimas were the first to come to me. They're in Washington State. They have a 12,000 foot mountain. It's gorgeous. Guess what? They hired me to win it back. The lawyers couldn't do it. So they hired me, took us 14 months, but I got President Nixon to sign the mountain back to the tribe. And another one, Taos Blue Lake in New Mexico. That one I was also a part of, and that was also returned by President Nixon. And oh, to sit by, there's a river that comes down uh, from the sacred Blue Lake Mountain. And I, I have a picture of me with, with my hands down in the water. And oh, I tell you, you could feel power in that water. That's the other thing you should learn to do. Allow yourselves to feel power, you know, to touch water, to touch a tree. You know, this is a totem pole made from a tree. It's just a small one. By the way, somebody asked about a halibut. This is the symbol of the halibut. So, um, it's just, it's just fun to be able to have all of this ability and surrounding us. 
May I ask you what your heritage is? I am part Indian, part Native American. Okay. Now, who lives up there? The Ojibwe's? The Ojibwe's are up in northern Montana, I mean, um, uh, Minnesota. A real good friend, a real good friend of mine was Roger Jordan. He's, he's gone now, but he was the chairman for a long time of the, um, oh no, it's going to disappear. Uh, Red, I want to say Red River, but that's not Red right. Lake. Red, Red Lake. Lake. The Red Lake tribe. Yes. Lake. Yeah. Thank you. Did I answer your question? Yes, you did. Thank you. Okay. Up next is Dylan. Have you been in any wars? Have I been in any wars? No, I, um, at the time they were drafting for, it was actually the Vietnam War. Uh, I was in college and the kids in college were deferred at that time. So if you were, if you were already in college, you didn't have to sign up. And uh, so I didn't have the privilege of being in war, but uh, I'm grateful that uh, I didn't have to go, but I really, respect those who did because they they have suffered greatly and they still do they still do thank you you're welcome next up is lanny lanny hi there you've been waiting <laughs> uh, my question is what are some of your traditions Oh gosh, we have um, one of the fun things of doing in, in my country is sing and dance. Now, <clears throat> see the symbol? <clears throat> that is Raven, so that's my tribe. Now we sing some songs for fun. We just sing it to, to get everybody's spirit up, you know. Okay. traditions and of course storytelling uh, our language was never written and so we had to tell lots of stories and over and over and over again so and um, fishing um, up in your country they have lots of canoes we had canoes that we fished with and you know some of our halibut how many of you have seen a halibut? Okay, one, two, at least see pictures of it. These guys get to be up to 400 pounds. And uh, when you're pulling up out of the, it's a long pull. You get them up to your canoe, they're longer than the canoe. So they tow them to shore. And that's fun. Getting food is fun. Those are some of our traditions. 
Dancing is a big one. Indian dance. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Next up is Paxton. Paxton with a P? Yes, Paxton. Okay. Wow, what are you? <laughs> He's looking at your mask. <laughs> your mask is scary. It is. Ooh. Yeah, it is. Did you make your weapons and utilities? Like shovel? Make... Uh, He's asking, did you make your weapons and utilities like shovels and things? Oh yes, there was uh, <clears throat> back in the old days. Yes, <clears throat> even in Alaska, we have um, we have hardware stores now. But in the <laughs> old days, yes, we had to. Mostly, we made them out of rock. You know, we made our bowls. We we pounded them out, and uh, spoons, shut. We call them shut. Uh, it's made out of the horn of um, mountain goats and so forth. And uh, spoon, uh, we made hooks with, um, uh, again, from horns to catch the halibut. And uh, so, yeah, we, we made everything that we had. Our, if you're asking, what did our weapons look like? They were spears, we used spears. And we had those, uh, because we would hunt seal. I don't have one of my canoes here, but uh, Yakutat has a special canoe where the front of it comes down like this. It comes down like this, kind of like the big ships of today. But what that does is when they're hunting seal, let's say they, they got the seal and it's dead, they speared it, so the canoe comes in real fast, grabs it like that, and they keep pushing it until they're able to grab it and pull it into the boat, canoe. So, interesting, interesting things. Yeah, we have some interesting ones. Thank you. Good question. Okay, I would like to ask a question. Um, I'm not sure of adults are allowed to ask questions. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> this is Nilsen. I love that. And I would like to, I always um, have a lesson or a moral for my children. So what would be your lesson or moral for them going out into the world? I think uh, there is nothing more important in today's world than to know who you are. And uh, don't be afraid to look back into your country. Some of you are from Germany originally. Ask your mom and dad, your grandpa, grandpas. Some of you are from Norway. How many are from Norway, for example? Okay. How many are from Sweden? I see. I see some redheads. There's got to be some Finland, Finlanders. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, Germans, there should be a lot of Germans there. And of course, American Indian, Native Americans. Who did I miss? What other nation? 
What are you? What ethnicity? Italian. Italian. Someday when you get to see the movie The Godfather, Marlon Brando was my best friend and I was his only guest at the world premiere of that show. And it was the biggest I can't believe it. In the okay. world. Just so, when I think you can't like wow me anymore, you do. I, you're amazing. <laughs> I'm just like, what? Oh. What I want you to do, what I want you to take with you is go back into yourself. Go back through mom, through dad, go back through grandpa. Get to know who you are. And then look in the mirror and say to yourself, I like me. That little story of the birdie that's what its lesson is. I like me, no matter what. Then you can't, if you like yourself, you can't dislike anyone else. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so great. I definitely is. We just talked about um, identity this week, about ethnicity, where you come from, loving yourself first before you love others. So all of those just tie in so much. We are so honored to have been in your presence. And I, I offer to all of you my love and the love of my people and the love of the universe. When, I, when people say I pray, it means I am talking and I talk off my deck. I, I live right on the water here. I, when I talk off my deck, I talk to the universe. That's what it is. And I will hold your names up there. Now, the water comes right up to my shore here, and I am up high. But the big old killer whale come right past us every so often, and it's gorgeous. They're big and they're beautiful. That Someday is come out my way. <laughs> we would love to. Wouldn't that be a great field trip, you guys? Yeah. All right. So we are so honored. What is it? Shani Gun? Am I saying it right? Shani Gun. Shai Gun. Uh -huh. We love you back. Okay, good Thank you. Love that, Joe. Thank you so much. They they made this for you. Does it show? Does it spell right or is it backwards on the It's right. What's, What's up? It? Yeah. Yep, yep. That they made this as their mascot and they all signed this. And this is what's going on the road trip with me for the year and we're honored that you were our guest, Mr. Thomas and Shawnee Gunn and um, Mrs. Gilson's class and all of you students, you had wonderful questions. And we're so excited to have you guys um, as ambassadors for students to share with other students in the US and around the world with our beautiful conversation with you, Shawnee Gunn. Oh, oh, they were wonderful. I appreciated them very much. Thank so you. honored. Will not ever forget it. Thank you, Shani. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. And happy fishing. And you are invited here to Minnesota to catch walleye anytime. Ooh, I will. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Fishermen in our family, too. Bye, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Love you. Bye, Bye Erica. Bye. Bye.
Love you back. Bye, Shanidan. Love you more.